0: Greetings, salutations, and welcome, listeners, to Season 2, Episode 22 of the Write-Write Podcast, your weekly pep talk on living the writing life. My name is Elon. I'm John. And I'm Craig. And today, we're going to be continuing our several-week series on plotting, pantsing, and plotsing with pantsing. Today is our pantsing episode. Discovery writing, gardening, pantsing. Um... This is a much, much closer to the experience of us three podcasters, so I think we'll have a lot more to say about it in terms of our personal experience uh, for this episode, but next week is really going to be the powerhouse, where we're going to just be so smart. You won't even believe how smart we're going to be. Um, so I, I, we, uh, we were talking before we hit record here, and we have a good metaphor for uh, discovery writing and pantsing here. So I recently adopted a new kitten. You might be able to hear her. If I do this, can you hear that? Yeah, that's her purring. Um, and she currently is—I I adore her. She's wonderful. Um, and she's at the stage of her life where she wants to scratch everything and run and jump off stuff, and it's kind of hard to uh to keep up. And I had that experience when I was trying to write my first. Uh, novel which was obviously an epic fantasy um, like world scale epic fantasy with complex magic system and all this other stuff and it was super exciting and I had all these ideas and everything was really great and it was completely out of control and I had no idea how to corral it um, because I was discovery writing chronologically beginning to end without having any clue where the story was going Um, so the first question I want to ask you both is what do you know when you sit down to discovery write well,
1: as we talk here, I have a cat
0: <laughs> with,
1: in a mood who is really demanding cuddles. But this so. cat is much more of a plotter. Oh, yes. If <laughs> you try to take the bowl of popcorn away, he will find another way to get it. Um, yeah, you know, that... I find... Oh, boy. You see, I, I think that... Um, Terms of how I write now, it better fits in what we're going to talk about in the next episode. Um, But I usually know who the character is, I've got a sense of the situation. I often have like an awesome scene that I'm excited to get to, Mm -hmm. which may or may not be the end. It could just be an awesome inciting event or turning point. Um, like, for example, as I, at the novel I'm working on now, A Thousand Roads, I'm going to go through several revisions, getting it, moving it towards a, you know, publication date. Um, but I already have the sequel bouncing in my head. At this point, the sequel grew out of several um, se- scenes that are kind of like, I, I could see this happening. These are natural things that would happen, and they're neat. And what happened was there was one scene that or there's a scene in a, in, a, in a character who I saw kind of, it's almost a little bit like Harry Potter, a boy goes to wizard school mm-hmm. uh, and he grows up. And, and I kind of saw that and then there's a scene where, uh, but then you turn it all on its head. I don't want to say too much because I want to keep it a surprise and nice. pains. But I got that scene and it's like, okay, I'm going to, this is going to be the sequel when I write this novel. I mean, I'm going to dive in how that plays out. Will probably be nothing like what I see in my head right now, mm-hmm. um, but it's just like a vague impression. Um, so yeah, I, I guess uh, long ant- long story short, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I have more like visual things, almost like movie scenes. Um, not yeah, and not always a sense of exactly how the novel's going to go blow by blow. I, I often find that I will need to just write it out, and it's like a second or a third draft where I'll start to actually iron everything out. I'd rather write that way than have it all perfect beforehand, but that's just my preference.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, For myself, I generally know the place where it starts and the place where it ends. I don't always know how I get from point A to point B. Um, I also have a general sense of uh, characters and their backstories. I'm not the type that does those character questionnaires, um, you yeah, get extensive backstory, but I do think about their backstory, because in my writing anyway, I find a lot of the plot and the tension between characters stems from who the characters are, or from their past, or how they're connected with each other outside of the plot of the book. Uh, so I do take time to think about that. Um, when I finally set, sit down to write, then I might start thinking ahead to where is this book going in like a quarter of the way through or halfway through, mm-hmm. uh, but I generally don't do step by step. Um, I just mm-hmm. know sort of where I am and where I need to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the process is a bit of a discovery. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. I am, um, as, as i as I become more familiar with the process of writing, I think I'm closer to what you both are saying um my first few experiences were very kind of like organic i had a story i wanted to tell and it was a flash like a vision of a single moment that uh would kind of snowball as i typed words um but but that process of of like i I don't know this seems like the wrong name for it, but I would call it pure discovery writing, as opposed to having some knowledge. I was literally not knowing what the next sentence would would, would carry. Um, was It was like a roller coaster. It was wild. It was an adventure. It was a lot of fun, but I never actually finished anything um, with that method. Um, and since then, I've finished a number of short pieces, and I've been able to sort of uh, develop the discipline of saying okay I have a general idea of how I want this to go but I'm just going to sort of write my way there and if I get derailed I get derailed um, and I think that is for most people that I talk to I think that's the core of their discovery writing experience it's a general awareness of what they're going to do with their story coupled with a a total willingness to uh, to be led elsewhere by uh by whim and by the muse, such as it is, um, because you have you get these scenes, these images um, in in your mind, uh, have you found that you work chronologically as or linearly as as a discovery writer? Um, i i for for instance, I have a very difficult time writing scenes out of order. Um, even if they don't take place chronologically in order, um, I have, I feel like I have to write them in the order that they're read. Um, and as a result, I might have, I might, Im- I, I tend to only imagine beginnings, uh, you know, because I, I see a moment and it goes from there, but some of those scenes might be better as endings. I just don't, it doesn't occur to me that I might be imagining an ending or a midpoint. Um, what do you, do either of you write linearly or are you more comfortable bouncing around?
2: Uh, I definitely write linearly. Um, when I get stuck in something, John has often told me, well, just jump ahead to the scene that you're excited to write about and then continue from there, and I just can't force myself to do it. Mm-hmm. I need to write from where I am to that point before I can write it. I just can't jump around. When I write nonfiction, though, uh, and I'm working on a book on book marketing, that I can definitely do nonlinearly because I've got all the chapters in the sidebar, in Scrivener, and Mm. it's not a sequential story. Mm. I can easily jump around and make sure each thing stands alone
1: on its own, but fiction, I have to be start to finish before I don't do it. Yeah, and I think that advice might be dated because I remember giving you that advice some time ago, and that was fresh after reading uh, what we recommended last episode, 2K to 10K, -hmm. because while it's great to leave yourself notes and You know what you have to write. Sometimes you're stuck because there's like a little intuitive part that says, hey, this is where the story needs to be at, and you can't quite put your finger on why. Mm -hmm. And it's actually okay to stop and think about that. And that time spent thinking is part of the process. Um, There's nothing wrong with That's why I'm personally not a fan of a word count goal, although I've learned to recently really enjoy the word count milestone because it's kind of like saying, this was this was the results. Yeah. Um, but you force yourself that I got to sit down. and I got to write this much words in this much time. Um, when you genuinely need to stop and think, um, you basically force yourself to write crap. Yeah. And not to say that you should expect there's going to be no crap in your draft, but if you can try to, it's almost like you're a skill. You're a you're a uh, blacksmith or or you're, you're, you're carefully forging tools, you don't just beat it up and it's okay, I'll make another one later, you know, it's this is your valuable writing time that you're sitting down and you're carving it out, you're giving up your maybe time spent with your family or whatever, it, and you want to use that the best way possible, so... Um, I realize that's slightly a
0: tangent, but, uh, no, not actually, not, not really. I, I went to a panel at a convention a few weeks ago, uh, that I wasn't able to stay out for very long. I just, yep. I was able to go to this, to two panels at this convention before it, uh, we discovered the new kitten had fleas and we had, I had mm-hmm. to go home and uh, clean everything in the house. Um, which was a nightmare. That's a tangent. That is a true tangent.
1: But we're talking, we're doing, we're doing pantsing. So we're pantsing
0: uh, this episode. Um, But in in that panel, it was a, the panel was called um, how to do the damn thing every day. And the idea was that the work of being a creative person and uh, getting involved with a daily creative practice uh, is a challenge even if you love to create, um, because it's it's a lot, it's a lot Mm -hmm. to ask of yourself. Um, But that's kind of neither here nor there, because the discussion devolved into this really strange idea that uh, there was a gentleman on the panel who was implying that there was no benefit to uh, sketching or to just working as a writer, and that time spent just thinking and then writing the stuff that matters and that is going to be brilliant is what is actually valuable, and that if you just kind of like write for writing's sake you are never going to improve and the entire room was like up in arms and disagreement because it fundamentally misunderstands what it means to uh, work a skill. Mm -hmm. It, it assumes an amount of, of like raw talent that is unadulterated. Uh, and, and I think there, the, the happy medium that we came to as, as a group in that room was that, uh, it's not when you, when you do pants, when you do discovery, right? When you do character sketches, when you do these things that might not serve your story directly, um, you aren't wasting precious writing time. You are working toward a goal, ultimately. Um, and to become sort of consumed in the idea that every writing that you do, every day that you sit down to be productive, must be to advance the story uh, can actually really damage your uh, your creative mind because you are limiting the various things you might need to do to get to the bottom of something. Like, you know, uh, a lot of writers, um, they say they discovery write characters so that they learn more about them. If they're, you know, uh, out, if they're heavy outliners, what they'll do is they'll sit down and they'll discovery write a monologue by a character just so that they sort of get to know that character. Or they'll... Uh, they'll have a sort of framework, and they'll discovery write uh, how a character interacts with a scene that they write over and over again. Like, how would one character do this thing? How would the other character do this thing? How would this third character do this thing? And it could be a simple thing like uh, dropping a package off at a, at a at a you know at a FedEx or whatever. Uh, but how would this character go about that process? Um, and those kinds of things count as discovery writing because you're learning about whatever it is that you're creating. Um, and I think that we tend to to refer to plotting and pantsing as diametrically opposed concepts that uh are strictly involved with story drafting when in reality um pantsing is incredibly valuable and pretty much everybody does it at some point or another it just depends on what all that effort goes into if it's a story draft or if it's uh other materials
1: yeah um you know, I, uh, the original question to me was, do I write linearly chronologically? No, but it
0: totally did it, go off.
1: <laughs> it it, it just ties beautifully all that, what you just said. Um, I would actually come to think about my process as a fractal. So I, I write fractally. So I, I write linear. I have to write linearly forward. But, um, like, it's interesting that discussion you had in the room. I would say I'm kind of somewhere in between. I'm because i I never assume that what I'm writing is never gonna need revision, that it's perfect. It's more like I just wanna. in other words, if I'm not sure what comes next, I'll stop and think and I, and I'll try to be satisfied with the words, and I'll actually delete what I wrote and rewrite it. Um, I've started tracking my um, word count, and what I do is I have a calculator open. And if I write a sentence, it counts, even if I delete it and wrote something else, because I'm tracking the fact that, That's my process. I Mm. tend to zip back in circles, and I go in and I expand. Like this morning's writing session, um, yesterday I wrote a scene, and I really was, I wrote it as immersively as I could. And today I moved forward a bit, but I had skimmed over some very important things, and I ended up writing, uh, you know, a a 400-word scene within the scene Mm -hmm. that needs to be there but I only saw that this morning after percolating on the story and I wouldn't have seen that if I didn't kind of write where I was at but I'm not going to forever go back and be fixing things I do want to move forward and get through Mm -hmm. but that's my process is I'll keep passing over it linearly giving myself the freedom to overwrite and layer things in um and uh so it's like you say it's like you're you're going in and, and kind of perfecting this 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 thing and and, and uh, you know I I know some writers would prefer to just write a whole draft, write another draft, write another draft, and never touch it, mm-hmm. and that works for some writers. Uh, and, and or you know those those sketches that you uh, will do off the side and may never show up in the novel. They allow they give you the insight to then understand those characters when you're discovering. The scenes.
0: Yeah, they inform your novel in some way. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I I, I, when you said fractal writing, I kind of like a bomb went off in my head because um, I I know that you have a background in mathematics, so please correct me if I'm wrong. But a fractal is uh, is um, is a formula that generates a graph that you can that has repeating structures at different scales. Yes, that's Um, right. And they're very beautiful and mesmerizing and there's some really interesting uh stuff that can be sort of gleaned from from fractal mathematics um especially if you want to write like some far out biological sci-fi um but uh but the idea that i that, that sort of can do when you said that is if you are feeling stuck if you're in a moment where you're like just go go write something you're excited about um that fractal approach in my mind is something like discovery right not the full draft, but just leave yourself a note the way that we talked about in last, last week's episode. Um, the idea that like, okay, this is what's going to happen here more or less, and it's going to lead to this point, and then I'm just going to move on and come back to this because I can expand this section of my story later. I will zoom into this part of the fractal later, but here is the basic shape. Um, and then when you zoom in, you'll get the same shape with just more detail at a smaller scale. Um, and while that does sound dangerously close to outlining, which I know is taboo in this episode, um, it is sort of a way to get unstuck and to move forward onto something that is very exciting. And you never know when you do sit down to write that note, it might galvanize something else. It might just kick you into like, oh, you know, I do know what to do here. Um, like, because I, I want to write this other thing, but I, but I actually do know what to do here. Um, and for what it's worth, I also... When I read over my work to get started on on the next day's writing, I will fill in stuff that I know I missed. Um, I'll fill in character emotions, moments, uh, some blocking that might have been wrong, um, because that stuff is normal, like uh, process of revision. Uh, but sometimes it does, like you said, lead to like a few hundred words of oh, this needs to be there, um, and you know this this uh, this novel, novelette, novella. I don't know how long it's going to be at the end of this thing that I'm working on. Uh, I originally intended it for to, for it to be about 8,000 words. Um, and as of this writing, it's going to be closer to 10,000 words. Uh, it's probably going to end up being 15 or 17,000 words. Because every time I go back, I, th- I say, you know, I, I really needs a tiny bit more. Um, and I think that is sort of the core of discovery writing. Um, at least... At least in my in my up to date experience as a writer, it is this: write, explore, move forward, look back, see what was left out, move forward again, and just kind of keep, you know, chiseling away at this stone and see what you find under there. You might get, if you're you know, if you're making a marble sculpture, you'll make general shapes and then you'll go back and uh, you'll smooth things out and you'll add, you know all kinds of detail. Um, and I think that is, that is how I discovery right now. Um, which I enjoy quite a bit. Um, what do you guys do? if I mean, we're, we're right at time, but I'd like to ask, uh, one final question before we move, um, onto our recommendation, which is what, what do you do if you wander away from the path too far? Like there are certainly, even if we discover right, we know when we've like completely left the realm of the thing we're working on. Uh, what do you do when that happens?
2: Uh, for me, it would depend on how good that diversion is. If it's really taken me in an unexpected place that I really enjoy, then I revise my plans for going forward from there. Even revise the ending if I need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been in that place a couple times. Uh, In other cases, if I don't like where it's going or, you know what, I really had to go in my original direction no matter how good this was, then I delete, as painful as it is, and Mm -hmm. I rewrite so that I stay on that path.
1: I do something similar. I mean, I write in Scrivener, which opens up a whole universe of possibilities. Um, The nice thing is I can take a detour where I realize I might have messed up. And I just copy and paste it and I make a new note. And I uh, and see with Scrivener, you can have all your little scenes listed on the left in like a little menu and you can nest them inside each other, kind of like expanding folders on the computer. So I'll put one scene underneath the chapter and I'll call it whatever. I'll come up with some word that I'm going to know what that means. Mm-hmm. And it's there. So, because sometimes I find the uh, thing that's hard about deleting something is it feels like hey i spent my writing time on this this there's something here i don't want to just waste it so it's there i mean if it's if it's something i'm never going to use fine but i mean um uh, the work on a thousand roads there are snippets from even like a short story that i wrote that is like dead in the water right now uh there's snippets in there that just like a couple paragraphs because as i was writing i'm like I think that would fit really good here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't literally just copy and paste it, but I used it, and then I went over and overwrote it and used some of the the uh, desetting details and you know the the just the narrative direction there, some of the character things going on that that I'll use that um, as a as a bit of fuel. But you know, it's like you've got this awesome scrapyard. Mm-hmm. So even if you wander that's off, that's a good that's name
0: a- for it, the scrapyard. Yeah, I like that.
1: I think um, boneyard is a term that uh, Howard on great uses uses to just to he's got like a whole file of deleted things, and that's the thing. It's okay to wander off. It's sort of like just once you recognize it. uh, That's the hard part is knowing you've wandered off because there are times when I I've wandered off, didn't know I'd wandered off, and it becomes harder to fix that. When you've moved on, and you will, re- the rest of your story relies on that tangent. Um, I mean, you could you could have a totally different ending that might not be the proper ending based on the s- promises you're setting up in the beginning, and it's that little difference, and then you have a whole different ending now. Um, I mean, that's how it goes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, that, that, this was really interesting. I feel like, you know, uh, I don't remember if I said this while we were recording or not, but these are the, the topics of plotting and pantsing and uh, sort of the, the method of, of getting down to business and writing is, is an evergreen topic for writers. And we could just talk about this forever. Uh, 20 minutes feels like scarcely enough to even scratch the surface of, of either of these topics. So we'll probably come back to them Uh, at some point and maybe we'll just start counting versions you know next time it'll be uh, pantsing v2 plotting v2 um, and and hybrid v2 maybe we'll come back to it in a couple months after uh, after I go on a on my excursion to uh, to the writing excuses cruise maybe I'll have some um, some new insights there but uh, we are out of time so I wanted to uh, open up the floor to recommendations and perhaps prompts whatever they might be
1: Okay, well I have one. Uh, I use a service called Author Accelerator. Um, it's a little bit of an investment as a writer, but what you get is when you're, when you're drafting, you have a coach that will look at a chunk of your pages. Um, they have different packages. I pay for the one where I can submit 20 pages one, every Monday, and there's a editor slash coach who goes over those pages and gives you input Um, and it allows you to write forward and get a sense of if your story is wandering off track. Mm. And if so, you know, you can use those comments to inform your process and you get them while you're writing rather than, you know, you've done the whole draft and you might've wandered off early. I have found it, it's tremendously helped my process. So, um, you know, if it's something that you're able to invest in, I highly recommend, I highly recommend them. So.
0: Excellent. So author accelerator, we've, we've, uh mentioned them a few times before um mm-hmm. but uh but please go check them out and um with that i think we'll bring this episode to a close uh it's been a it's been an, an interesting conversation and i look forward to continuing it uh next time when we talk about pantsing on the right right podcast thank you as always podcasters for joining me thank you listeners for joining us and we will catch you next time